Good evening. This past week we celebrated the feast day of St. Lawrence, a deacon and martyr of the early church who suffered death by being burned alive on an iron grill. We said that midway through his execution, he said to his executioner, flip me over, sir, I'm done on this side. I've always had a little trouble with St. Lawrence. You see, when I was a child, I used to be deathly afraid of fire. Maybe I still am. My parents tell me when I was a kid, I would draw up fire escape plans for the house. You know, in case it happened, we'd all have a plan. And when we went to bed and I would all make sure we knew the plan, and so on and so forth. Fire is fearful. It burns. It devours. It hurts. But as Jesus makes us know today, it also purifies and cleanses and makes a way for a glorious new day. I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing. Friends, the key to understanding Jesus's challenging words lies in the Old Testament, in the book of Micah, where the prophet describes first a time of testing, of suffering and division within families. But it is followed upon by marvelous things, a restoration, a new creation. Christ mentioning these things he does today hearkens to this prophecy and says, in effect, I'm here to do exactly that, to usher in the new creation. But first, there will be a time of difficulty. I'm always amazed as I look around at the resilience of the people of faith. As we look around town, we still see brokenness and destruction. Folks still in their campers, still litigating insurance claims. Many feel they are at a breaking point. Can't go anymore. We call that sort of suffering a parasmos. Parasmos is a Greek word that's often translated temptation. Like in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into parasmos. But parasmos is more than just being tempted. It refers to a fiery ordeal, a testing, a painful purification. And during these sorts of trials, many are tempted to lose their faith and to turn away from God. Now, if you've lived in southwest Louisiana in the past couple of years, you have experienced parasmos. But there are other things as well that we can call parasmos. Losing a loved one suddenly and unexpectedly. Having your children lose their faith and get lost and end up in trouble. Being diagnosed with a debilitating or terminal illness. If we're normal, we dread experiences like this. Yet our faith tells us there is more past that point. You see, for love in order to be loved, it must be purified. And purification comes by way of suffering. All the artists and philosophers and poets of the world tell us that from suffering comes great wisdom. And wisdom is far superior than any pleasure or comfort we can have in this life. But there's another secret known only by way of faith. And that is in our ordeals we encounter Christ. In the book of Daniel we see three men in their fiery furnace. The executioner looks into the furnace and sees not three men, but four 
and the fourth looks like a heavenly being. The men in the furnace do not die, they sing. They do not even smell like fire afterward. Christ was with them. This is the whole meaning of the incarnation. God with us. God took on flesh. Not just when Christ walked on earth, but always, especially in our darkest places. In those neighborhoods where there are homelessness and poverty and violence and drugs. And those suffering with anxiety and depression. And our hearts grieving and overwhelmed with struggles. Where we feel God most absent, He is most present. Because He went to Calvary and descended into hell with us and for us. As I visit with folks and hear their stories, I'm becoming more and more aware that we all are having a hard time. And it can easily shake our faith if we don't know how to walk through it. One of the places we should turn is to the saints. The saints who have been through a lot and can share their experience and wisdom. In particular, I'd like to share some thoughts from St. Thomas Aquinas, who offers us five remedies against being overwhelmed and losing our faith during time of trial. First, Thomas says, allow yourself some pleasure. Now be careful. I don't mean like going to the type of places like Vegas where whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Or indulging in sinful things, but rather good things that God has provided for us to enjoy and rejoice in His creation. They say that chocolate help bites depression. Well, go figure. The Bible says that wine cheers the heart. Whatever is good, whatever is lovely, says St. Paul, think of those things. Spending time on a date with your beloved, playing with your kids and grandkids, going fishing and dancing, all these good things the Father wants us to enjoy. Secondly, Thomas says, allow yourself to cry. Honestly. Jesus wept over things worth being sad about. In the book of Psalms, it says that God has put all of our tears in a bottle. In other words, He keeps track of them because they are sacred to Him. Studies on this confirm what St. Thomas is telling us, that crying releases pent-up emotions. It helps dissipate stress hormones and produce instead endorphins that bring calm and peace. You know, human beings are the only creatures on earth that shed tears because of emotions. Maybe that's for a purpose. Maybe it's because they invite the mercy of others as we bear witness to the suffering we've endured. Tears are the words that the heart has trouble expressing. Thirdly, Thomas says, share your troubles with a friend. Friendship is a way of dividing our burden and our load so that we can carry our part more easily. Studies show how trauma and addiction can damage the connections in the brain. But the good news is that processing them out loud with others and in a group can help heal those connections and make them stronger. Let us remember that we serve a triune God, three persons, a community. Therefore, we are made to that image and we need connection too. And the latest science bears witness to that fact. Fourth, contemplate. Meditate on truth and beauty. Take time to pray daily, spending time in God's word as we consider things from God's perspective. Hear God's words to us and see more of what lies ahead for us in His plan according to His promises. You see, when we suffer, we fill our minds with all kind of negativity. And going to the world doesn't help because they only add to the fire. What we need is a good soak in the truth. God's word, God's voice. 
Fifth, Aquinas says, take a hot bath, get a good night's sleep. It's amazing how practical the saints can be. Sleep is an act of faith because we have to leave tomorrow's trouble in tomorrow. It's a way of saying to God, into your hands I commend my spirit. And as creatures that are body and soul, we need a body that's rested to help get a soul that's rested too. Now we should go back to where we started with the Lord's Prayer. In these trials that are ultimately good for us, why do we pray to be delivered from them? Here I'll rely on Pope Benedict XVI in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, where he breaks down this line from the Lord's Prayer in his own words. He says, when we pray, lead us not into temptation. Here's what we are really saying. Lord, I know that I need trials so that my nature can be purified. When you decide to send me these so that my... When you decide to send me these trials, when you give some evil room to maneuver, as you did with Job, then please remember that my strength goes only so far. Don't overestimate my capacity. Don't set too wide the boundaries within within which I may be tempted. And be close to me with your protecting hand when it becomes too much for me. Friends, the Lord sees you. He hears you and he knows you. We can be honest with him in time of trouble. He will draw near and carry you through it. And in the end, we will lead to your glory.